my This time, though, they can hear me. All right, all right, all right. And hello, world, and welcome back to Real Talk with Jean, where nothing's off limits. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with me, and I appreciate that. I am your host, Ray Jean Lewis. Now, here on Real Talk with Jean, everything's debatable, so on any given week, we can be discussing anything from sports, music, politics, you name it, we'll discuss it. For those who are new to the show, Real Talk with Jean also has the goal of shining a light on the great people and the great entities that exist all around the low country and beyond. In the three years that I've been able to do this show, I've had the pleasure of speaking to people from the low country, from the state of South Carolina, and all around the nation, and even a couple people from Canada, which is really, really amazing. But these last few episodes, I really wanted to hone in on people who sort of know me a little bit better. Um, and one of those people is the woman who's really been steering my life for the last few years, um, the CEO of the Center for Airs Property Preservation, my boss, Miss Jenny, Doctor. Sorry, don't mess with don't, don't the title. Doctor Jenny Stevens. All right, how you doing, Doctor Stevens? Hi, Rashawn. <laughs> it is truly a pleasure to be on the Real Talk with Rajan show. Aww. just saying. This is, this, is, this is a big moment for me, too. Please introduce yourself to the audience. Uh, who am I? Um, well, I, as Rashawn said earlier, I am the chief executive officer of the Center for Heirs Property Preservation, which is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Charleston, but serving 22 counties um, in of the 46 in South Carolina. And you might wonder what is heirs property? Um, heirs property is land that has been passed down without a will. So the, um, the uh, family members of the heirs own the land jointly, which makes it uh, difficult to use, to manage, and um, just all around, it can be a little confusing. Um, and what we do at the center is we are providing the tools to help, um, I, I would say, do three things. Um, prevent the loss and the growth of heirs' property, to resolve or fix it, or and to help families use their land. Um, so we have lawyers on staff, we have uh, Foresters on staff, and we have the Marines, the outreach team, who they're the ones who go out first in the community and help build those relationships so that families will partake of our services. Um, 
I don't know what else you want me to say about the center. The center started in 2005. We're now 16 years old, um, staff of 30. <laughs> so we've grown just a little bit. Just yeah, little. yeah. So we, we're gonna walk through that. We're definitely gonna all walk right. through that. All right, I wanna, all right. Before we get there, I wanna I wanna go all the way back back in oh, the time. Who who am I? Who my people? Who, I want you. To, yeah. Okay, where are you? Where, where is Doctor Jenny Steve? Oh, where is Lil oh Jenny? Gosh. Tell us about Lil Jenny. Oh, Lil Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so little Jenny grew up in the metropolis of Walterboro, South Carolina, okay? Um, my, um, well, both, well, my father was killed when I was five, so it made it interesting growing up with just me and my mom, but had plenty of cousins, and so I was the, um, I usually was the instigator. I'd start things and then go tell my mom that my cousins were bothering me. Never mind that I, I started it, but anywho, um, and then I'm also, I, well, I'm a nerd. That's all I've been most of my life. I love to read books, uh, love to learn, um, love to help folk, which has kind of got me where I am now. Um, I actually, um, here's the little tidbit about me. I was like the tallest girl in my class until seventh grade. And then I stopped growing and everybody else passed yeah, me. Growing. So, just saying. Yeah, that's right. Everybody started growing. Um but I graduated as salutatorian of my high school and went on to the College of Charleston. So did my four years, graduated from there with my undergrad in um, business administration. Then I left and I came, I came back to the uh, working world or came to the working world who either told me either you're too qualified or you're not qualified enough, which is the, you know, it's the story you all get. Um, so I ended up working at a community action agency and learned fairly quickly that that's not what I wanted to do the rest of my life. So I returned to work on my master's degree. So I have my master's in public administration. Um, many help raise many cousins, um, have done lots of things. Um, and then much later down the road, I did go back and I got my PhD in organizational leadership. So. Wow. That's okay. oh well, and I am, and in addition to that, <laughs> I am also an ordained minister. See, look at God. So God that's is, just, that's little that's that's Jenny. How about did, that? So did little Jenny? Did little Jenny know? Like, did little Jenny know that adult mm. Jenny would be what you became, or did you want? Did you have a different track to mind when you were a kid? Um, I think little Jenny. Really, I know you guys are going to find this hard to believe, those of you who know me. Um, I guess I've, I've always had the like teacher bossy bent. So you mm. can put that combination together and see what you get with it. But actually, when I went to college, that's what my, um, or right before I went to college, my guidance counselor was saying, oh, go be a teacher, go be a teacher. And I'm like, no, you just because I'm black, you want me to go be a teacher. <laughs> so um, I didn't go be a teacher. <laughs> um, I... Um, I wanted to major in computer science until mm. I actually got into a computer science class and failed. And so I didn't major in computer science. Just saying. Yeah, just saying. That was not me. <clears throat> um, so no, I really did not know back then. Um, but I always knew I wanted to help folk and always did help folk. Mm. But I never knew that all of my professional life would be in the nonprofit arena. Mm. So yeah. 
And so, and so you, you do grad, you graduate, you matriculate, matriculate through school. Um, and mm -hmm. you, you end up, you know, deciding to get your, your PhD in organizational leadership. Why, why organizational leadership? I bumped my head. Um, I don't know. I, so the choice was between a PhD in educational leadership or mm -hmm. organizational leadership. So, you know, I already told you I want to be a teacher. So where did I go? I went to the organizational <laughs> leadership. Work. Well, and it's part because I like figuring out how people fit together in their role and how mm -hmm. you can make it better. I'm a systems person. You know that. Um, yes. So I, I just kind of want to dissect stuff and then make sure it's working properly. Um, the joke was when I was a child, um, I'm, I probably should have been a chemist, actually. I made this omelet and I included like vinegar and all this kind of other stuff. And not even the dog would eat the omelet. But I'm just oh, saying, no. you know, so just, when you, just letting you know, I'm a little adventurous. I like to, you know, see what works together. Okay. Yes. All right. So, so how, how has <clears throat> that journey informed the work that you do now? Um, so I guess, well, part of the journey is, and I said earlier that my father was killed when I was five. And so I never liked feeling like a victim. Mm. Um, so I did the opposite. I became the champion for those who would not or could not stand up for themselves and that really has led, uh, guided me through life. Hmm. It's also got me in trouble on occasion, but it's also guided me through life that I know that that is my path. My path is to um, help folk. And I guess, but being a mature person, I've learned it's not to do it for them. It is truly to help them. And then yeah. if it looks like they're not going to make it. That's still not my responsibility if right. I gave them the tools. So right. that is that that was a lesson learned for me along the way. Hmm. OK, so, so you, <clears throat> no, go ahead. no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I'll just gonna, I'll just going to spin it to like so mm -hmm. you're in you, you're let's talk about the, like the, the, the creation of the center. So okay. how how because many people I know the story. But many people don't know where the center actually started out. So can you talk about like sort of sure. the, the origin story of the center? Yeah. So I um, the center started out as a project of Coastal Community Foundation, which is our local community foundation in Charleston. And um, the foundation had been for afforded the opportunity to get beyond its urban core and look at um you know, the needs of the rural area and specifically around rural economic development. Mm -hmm. And whenever the staff, the foundation staff would go in to go into the community and hold focus groups, they would always hear, I own land, but, and that but usually always led to the discussion around heirs property, which then provoke the uh, foundation to, uh, to learn more about the issue and to guide the community through a conversation around um, or to guide the community to help answer the question, if we were to fix it, it mm -hmm. being heirs property, what would it look like? And so truly the vision for the work we do at the center, it is a community's vision. Um, oftentimes people will say, oh, well, Jenny, you know, you started the center. And I always pause and say, no, I'm a steward of the community's vision. Um, yeah. And I hold that to be true because it, it, I didn't sit in some room by myself and come up with 
all of this wonderful work that we're doing. So it started out as a community vision. We are always engaging partners in our work and I have a great team who makes it happen. So yeah. that's that's my story. And, and the center started out in four counties, right? Um, yes, four counties and primarily those were four of the coastal community, six counties they were serving at that time. And they were the counties that had the most development occurring. Hmm. Um, for people who don't know a lot about heirs property, heirs property owners can't get a mortgage. Um, heirs property owners have very limited access to any housing rehabilitation funds or any conservation program funds. Even if they have land, they still have limited access to those things because they don't have clear marketable title. Um, and development around uh, heirs property owners makes them extremely vulnerable because all it takes is one family member to decide to sell his or her share to that developer. And then the developer becomes the newest member of the family yeah. and then could possibly force the sale of the land. So yeah. um, literally, and we've had our landowners say this, that they're sitting on their gold, but if they don't know how to mine that gold, then the gold is not an asset, an asset is a liability. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how has is, how is the center's mission grown since it started uh, back um, in 2005? So the, sten the center primarily started as a legal service agency. That was our main goal around providing the legal education for families to, first of all, understand what it meant to own heirs property and, and then give them um, the tools around what they needed to resolve heirs property. And then, of course, the delivery of legal services. But as we got as we became older, a couple of things happened. Um, fun, some of our funders started to say, well, if all you're ever going to do is clear title, then we're probably not going to fund you. And, you know, we paused and we started looking at them like, do you know how hard it is? to basically bring about agreement among family members who in some cases don't even know each other. Um, right. And, and, and so that, that was, that's hard. But, um, and then the second thing was people started to ask the question, how much heirs property is there in your service area? Mm. Um, and we would look at them and say, we don't know because we didn't know because we chose not to um, spend the money on research but to actually deliver the service hmm. to the folk yeah 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 so how where did the because i know what i i'm asking like i don't know but like the, well, as far that's, as the, your, that's the, your job that's yeah your I, know, I know i know but i'm trying to make it natural too so like it's all so, good we just so, talk, we're just talking isn't that what you would say yes we're just talking yes ma'am yeah we yes, just we just talking right <laughs> so right. so how how so did the center decide what areas to go into next because some people um, may be watching so, and saying, um, yeah, yeah. Why aren't you in my area? <laughs> That's probably what they're saying. Um, well, for right now, well, the center can only provide direct legal services to within the state of South Carolina because our, our attorneys are only licensed in South Carolina. So that is our boundary around the delivery of legal services. However, we could always share our model across other states for other legal entities who may want to do something similar. So how do we decide where we're going to expand? Um, in 20, 2009, um, 2010, we um, finally attempted to answer the question how much heirs property there was. And we used um, 
tax assessor's data and some key terms our attorneys would see come across their desk to kind of identify what could potentially be heirs property because without doing a title search and knowing the family tree you're really you know it's a guess yeah. but we felt we felt good about our guests because we didn't want to spend as we said i said earlier we wanted to make sure the people were receiving the direct services rather than spending the money on the research mm. and so what we did, that map helped us chart out um, where to go. Before the map, we were reactive. We had to wait for people to come into our door. But right. with the map, we became proactive. We identified communities where there were significant amounts of heirs' property. And when I said identify communities, we didn't send letters to anybody and say, hey, I know you got heirs' property. What right. we did is for those communities that we saw where heirs' property was an issue, we started um, visiting those social organizations, the churches, the governmental entities, making sure that they knew that we existed and what we did. Um, we started going to all of these information tables at these county, you know, every county has some kind of festival. Yeah. You got the shrimp, shrimp festival, you got the watermelon festival, festival. Mm -hmm. you got the crab, yeah, all that. So we, well, we like to eat too, but we just started to visit all those festivals so that people would get to know who we are. Um, and you know, people, that's how you build trust. Um, once people saw that, oh, we didn't have a problem with hanging out with them in their, in their world, um, then it was okay to embrace what we were doing. Yeah, yeah. So that's how we decided um, where to expand. And we still do that based upon where the greatest need is. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh -huh. Absolutely. And so, like, I, I, I guess I want to ask, you know, because I, I'd imagine people are probably some people are watching this and saying, yo, I've never heard of this issue. Um, and I'd imagine, you know, probably right. nationwide, that's a, a every time I talk to people what I do, like for a living, they're always like, well, tell me mm -hmm. about it. So I'd imagine like right. nationally, that's a discussion that's starting to happen. Have you noticed that that, ex that conversation has expanded and it has the center of heirs property for heirs property preservation had a role in that, in that expansion of the discussion? So I would, I would say, yes, we had a role in the expansion of that discussion because there are not um, very many organizations like us across the nation. Um, and when, um, under the administration of a, a previous administration, I won't say which one, <laughs> um, <laughs> they actually learned about our work through the sustainable forestry land retention. Well, let me get it right now. Sustainable forestry, African-American land retention program. Yes. <laughs> Pretty long, but that's all right. I got to do it like that. And so we had an opportunity to interact with the people at the, you know, the national government level. Um, and for prime example, um, just give you an example. One was Dr. Joe Leonard, who was the assistant secretary for um, civil rights at that time. And he's like, this work really is what USDA should be doing. Cause he says, rather than coming out and listening to complaints, which is what he usually gets to hear, he actually got to see a solution mm -hmm. to an issue that had been um, kind of tossed around for many, for a long time. So that administration became aware of us. You know, we were invited to other platforms to talk about our work. Um, and eventually, um, and it's kind of like simultaneously, I call him the father of the Uniform Partition Heirs Property Act, Thomas Mitchell, was also doing research at the same time. So it's kind of like parallel tracks. 
and it just so happens that they crossed, um, but that now in the 2018 Farm Bill, Ayers property is listed in the Farm Bill for the mm -hmm. first time, and particularly around getting landowners with Ayers property, helping them to benefit from um, USDA programs. And that's, last but not least, I promise I'm, I'm getting ready to end oh, up, um, my answer to your question. You're good. Is in November, I think it was the last year, we partnered with the Aspen Institute and had a national one-day webinar on the issue of heirs' property, pointed out that it's not just a Black issue, it's, um, but it, you can find it in the Appalachian, you can find it, in, it's not urban, just only urban, you can find it in rural um, Native Americans, in the colonies, all it, it is, to me, and I say this many times when I'm doing presentations, Low-income folk do not sit around the dinner table and talk about estate planning, mm. and therefore they may not know how to transfer their assets or uh, to leave their assets to their loved ones when they do pass. Yeah, see, and that's because it's about awesome. wealth. That's what land is. Yeah, yeah. wealth, wealth, tra land translates into wealth if you're maximizing it, and if you lose it, you're losing wealth. <clears throat> And it, that's an important discussion to have, especially in a time where we're talking about things like gentrification and talking about, you know, quote unquote, Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter. And how are we um, talking about black wealth? And, right. and so I, I think that absolutely like I, right. I think that I uniquely ended up at the center at just the perfect time um, where, where I am, my progression right. of, of, of learning about about this this process. So I've definitely learned a lot um, <clears> through, my, through um, working in the center about this issue and how how it's been able to, to be impactful. Mm -hmm. Um, I sort of want to shift gears a little bit to just talk about the um sure the the other the types of events that the the center does have in the community that allows the center to sort of give back um, and sort of acknowledge people in the community. Can you talk about? I would like you to talk about two things particularly. One, uh, the okay. commitment to All justice, right. um, commitment to justice, and okay. two, the landowner symposium. Okay, and why do you want me to talk about those? All right, <laughs> so I'll talk about the landowner symposium first. Um. This is, I think our, is it our fifth or our sixth year? See, I get the numbers wrong. I think it's our fifth year, six. Okay, so I was right. Our sixth year that we're holding our annual landowner symposium. And the purpose of the symposium um, when we started was primarily to make um, landowners aware of the programs offered by USDA and other um, entities to help them, as we said earlier, maximize the use of their land. Um, sustainable forestry tends to be the tool that we use with landowners if you have 10 acres or greater, um, but we also partner with other entities if you want to uh, embark upon traditional acts. So we have it out there. So there are options. So that is why the symposium started. Um, every year we usually have a really great speaker. Um, we put our request in for this year. I had person hasn't responded yet, so I can't tell you who the speaker is, but we do have a um, requesting for a really good speaker. And it's also about the landowners sharing what they have learned throughout their program. Um, Rashawn has the pleasure of running the program we call the Woodlands Community Advocates uh, Institute, where folk from the community who've either benefited from our legal services, our forestry services, or they just like us and they like the work and they believe in what we do. And they want to be our boots on the ground um, evangelists spreading the word about what, you know, what the center is doing and how you can benefit from it. So 
That is also a time at the symposium with the WCA, so I'll use the acronym now. Mm -hmm. They actually showcase, you know, what they've learned through the program and what they intend to do later on in their community based upon what they're learned. Um, then last but not least is the commitment to justice. And Rashawn, you know, I'm not gonna remember the date, so you either have to send them out or something, but um, commitment to justice, yeah, commitment to justice. Every year we select um, an individual who has had a life or of, of, of service or around the issue of justice. It doesn't have to be always around land and justice, but the issue of justice. Um, and I won't even try to remember all of the people we've honored, but I'll just throw out a few. Um, you know, the late Judge Bernard Fielding, um, Judge um, Richard um, Fields, um, the Honorable Lucille Whipper, just to name a few. We have is several. And former um, Supreme Court Judge, I see her face, and why don't I do it like that? Uh, oh, well. Anywho, um, it'll come to me. <laughs> so, yes, we've honored many people, but this year we have the pleasure of honoring Dr. Millicent Brown. Um, the last name should sound familiar to you in the um, the world of famous lawsuit, Brown versus Board of Education. She is one of the Brown sisters who was involved in that lawsuit. So we're really looking forward I mean, I'm getting shivers now just thinking about what she went through and yeah. how it's going to be so great when we meet. Um, I think it's in October to to um, have her. Well, actually, we're going to do a dual program. We're doing dual programs for both of them, for the symposium as well as the commitment to justice. So if you can't make it in person, you'll have an opportunity to um, join us virtually. Um, anything else, Mr. Speaker, that I should it, be saying that I haven't said? It is on... September 9th. That's the symposium. No, the symposium. Which one November is that? 15th, uh, October 15th and 16th. See? Um, the, there you the go. And commitment the, to justice, honoring Dr. Millicent Brown. It's September 9th. Uh-huh. Okay, see? Yes. All right, that's what I wanted. All right. <laughs> but that's definitely like that. A I anything remember, else, sir? So just thinking about the um, the landowner symposium, I know we're wrapping but um, just think about the landowner symposium. Yeah. Like I remember when I started, that was when I realized how cool, like what we were doing was, was being able to be, you know, um, at the downtown Marriott and just walking in and being a part of all of these mm -hmm. different sessions, what just was mm -hmm. talking about and and just to make it personal, just seeing so many black landowners in one place that were mm -hmm. learning about yeah. how to preserve their land and how to make sure that they can make the most of what they had. That's when it, like up until then, like I think that was in August and I started in June. Yeah. So like that was when it yeah. really hit me. Like this right. is a really cool thing. Um, this, so is just, dope. This, this is dope. dope. This is dope. See, See, I, I, so speaking <laughs> of, so now, so let's pivot to the last topic before I get you off of here because I know you got to go. All right. Um, All right. Okay. Being my boss, tell the people what it's mm -hmm. like to be my boss. Oh my gosh, to be Rashawn's boss. Um, first of all, it's an honor. You know that, right? It's an honor. Um, Rashawn is such a big picture person. If you need to think about what could possibly be, Rashawn is your man. And he's such an engaging young man. He, um, he likes the opportunity 
to educate and make people informed, informed of so many things. And um, of course he loves to talk. I know you would have never known that. Never. Um, but when you put all that together, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, when you put all that together, that makes him, for me, a pleasure um, in working with him. And he's taught me, you know, I don't, well, I have to ask him sometimes to interpret the words that he's using because like, I'm just a little bit older than him. So <laughs> he has to help me understand the lingo. But other than that, we we's cool, right? We're definitely cool. We're definitely cool. And I and, I, right. and, I, and right. I I also you know I have to thank you. And I've been this is sort of I guess what I've been doing mm -hmm. on my on my uh my wrap up tour is like just mm -hmm. telling people like just thank you for you know being who they have been to me. Um, and I I've said it to you privately, and I want to say it to you mm -hmm. publicly because I in the last two years I've grown so much um, as as a leader. Um, because for those who don't know, I started out as, as you know, Dr. Stevens' assistant, um, her, her executive assistant. Um, well, first I was her intern, and then I was her executive <laughs> assistant. But I, but I started you out learned. there, and she, and she, um, she had this ability to see things in people, and as she says, she puts people um, on the right seats on the bus. And if she sees something in you, she's gonna, she's gonna steer you in that direction to make sure that you're maximally successful. And you've done that for me, and and I I would not be near where I am in life without you. And I just wanted to say yeah. thank you on live television in front of the world. Right. So All right, I'll pay you later. But yeah, um, I, I'll take so, no. you, know, you know you just put in my <laughs> give me a bonus, a little bonus. Yeah, give you but, a little dollar to you know right. But no, um, no, it it is. It's a pleasure hearing you say that to me because that is part of who I am, is seeing the potential in people and helping them, as I said, helping them. I'm not gonna do it for you, yeah, but yeah. helping you move to the next level. Yeah. yeah. So I so wanna make sure you. before we get out of here, tell the people mm -hmm. how can they support the work that we do at the Center for Airs Property. Wow. Um, so we do accept volunteers. Um, we're, establishing, we're establishing some regional advisory committees. So there's opportunities for you to possibly serve on the committees. Um, you could also serve on our board um, if an opportunity presents itself. Um, if you are an attorney or you even have to be a law school student, but we conduct wills clinics where we need for-profit attorneys to help us on occasion. Um, and we need people to notarize things during those wills clinics. And last but not least, of course, you can help us financially. Um, but I wanted to give you all of the options of what you can do because sometimes people fail to see that it's more than money. Yeah. Uh, now, nonprofits can't run without money. I'm not saying they can't, but it's more than money because what we want to make, not make you do what we want, we want to want you to have such a great experience that not only do you keep giving money, but you keep coming back and to right. work with us. That's right. what it is because we, we're about building family. That's what that's what we do. Yeah. Um, because literally, man, I'm going to use a cliche um, proverb. It does take a village. Um because none of us have everything to move right. this um, this work down the road. It takes all of us and we all bring our different skills and gifts to the table. Um, so that's why I like my organizational leadership. How about that? Yep. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dr. All Stevens. Right. I really appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time out to do this. Like I told You're you, welcome. this is... This is my second to last episode know, next week. I know. Um, Your mom, mom is the last. You, and it's right. On. Right, yeah. really? It should be so, right? Yeah, yeah. She, no, yeah. she literally told me, like, no, like, 
I will be your last episode. <laughs> so, well, wait, yeah, wait. So, is that not what mothers do? That's what mothers do. So yeah, I, I was so. not mad at it. Um, so if you are, you know, yeah. so led, I would love to anybody who's watching, please tune in next tech next week. I will be opening the lines up. People will be able to come in and say their goodbyes to the show. I'm not going anywhere. I promise you, I'm not terminal. Um, I'm not <laughs> leaving the country or the nation. I mean, the country or the world. I'm just Man. moving on and refocusing my energy on more concerted efforts toward my future. And we can talk about, the, about that more next week. But please tune in next week. It's going to be great. Uh, my mom's going to be co-hosting. We're going to be talking about our favorite moments from the show. We're going to be talking about a lot of cool stuff. And I'm not giving anything away. So if you come in for free stuff, <laughs> I ain't got it. It ain't in the budget. <laughs> so with that being said, thank y'all so much for joining. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank, thank you. you Dr. Steve. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank all you. Right. Thank you. All right. So I'm gonna wrap. I'm gonna wrap. I'm gonna wrap. Um, thank you all for joining me this week. I really appreciate you joining me. Thank you to Dr. Stevens for joining me um, on this show. Um, as y'all know, man, like I love this. I, I love this. I love it. 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 But all good things must come to an end. And with that being said, I want to thank everybody for watching tonight. Thank you to Dr. Stevens. Please make sure you go to our website, um, www.airsproperty.org to find out more information about the organization. As you heard in the um, interview, we do great work. Um, and I don't just say that because I work there and because I draw a check, because everybody who's there truly believes in the mission and is pushing towards one goal. And that goal is the eradication of air property and the issue in this country and in the world. So we'll see what happens you know, down the line. Um, yeah, that's all I got. So always remember, God is everything. And without him, we have nothing to so never forget where your help comes from. And if a man doesn't stand for something, he is bound to fall for anything. And that is real talk. I will see y'all next week for the final time, friends. Peace.